go Big 12 or go home. That's where we're at, Drew Russell. An outstanding week. Basically, um, seemingly, I expected on the surface to be a Big 12 championship elimination week. Um, mm-hmm. But now kind of re, re-looking at the standings, not not quite. We're not quite there yet. No. There's still a lot of teams with a surprising amount of hope. Boy, after we're just getting started, Brandon. Yeah, just getting after here. I, just a couple of weeks ago, it looked like a formality that Oklahoma and Texas were going to rematch. Now there's a good, there's not, there's a fair chance that neither of them make it. That's true. Yeah, I mean Texas's schedule is not pretty. Next three weeks on the road, the next two, and. For Oklahoma, I mean, they are next to pretty much done. I mean, there's still an outside shot in a pile of two lost teams, the Big 12. I mean, anything can happen. But, yeah, they're good. they got to be feeling it right now. I guess there's still, a, I'd say, a very good chance that one of them makes it. Not only that Texas still has a clear path, but even if Texas doesn't make it, Oklahoma still has the head-to-head over them. Mm-hmm. So as long as they don't drop anymore, then – Right back in the thick of it, but Oklahoma State and the driver's seat just take care of business against BYU, um, Baylor, and Central Florida, and you're in the Big 12 championship game just about a month and a half after we thought maybe it's time to let go of good old Mike Gundy. Boy, I, were we wrong. Boy, well, you know what? To defend us and a lot of people, losing to South Alabama by 25-plus points maybe does warrant that conversation considering how poorly they ended last season and did they lose it but give coach gundy and his staff a lot of credit they went up to ames lost mid-september you're thinking i don't know what's going on and since then they have played just outstanding football they've been really sharp at home and they are in terrific shape to be playing in dallas next month you're absolutely right and yeah, five straight wins, five quality wins, and now they got a pretty clear path here. But overall, just what a what a a fun week, I should say. I, I don't want to say it was um too great as you know, folks who root who root for Iowa State. Um, mm-hmm. let me just ask you this, Drew Russell. We we went on, talked about how great Iowa State is uh while all the sun sets. Um, what happened? I guess uh, maybe maybe we got daylight savings mixed up after our complaints about that. Maybe maybe something messed up with that with that happening this last weekend. Uh, to put it bluntly, Brandon, I, I don't know. They thought uh, the black uniforms, the night game, having Brock Purdy wave to the crowd uh, would fire them up. And instead, for three quarters, they played extremely flat. Kansas executed a pretty high level throughout most of the evening. Jason Bean was good i mean he really made the throws when he needed to iowa state did a decent job on their, their run game um that's maybe the toughest part they only had 74 team rushing yards which they're pretty good coming into that matchup but um a pick six will always hurt that's what happened to Becht. and kansas gets out of there with a nice nice road victory and again for a program that got I mean, lost by, they got annihilated two years ago in Ames, lost by 45. So the fact that they can turn around two years, give Lance Leipold staff a lot of credit, lose their starting quarterback midway through the season, you think that's over. Instead, they're top 20 ranked, 7-2, and two, and no one views Kansas football as a joke anymore. And that's maybe the biggest accomplishment. But a pretty difficult loss for Iowa State, who's played some really nice football this last month. 
And for a team that, you know, they win that game, they control their own destiny into getting into the Big 12 championship game. Um, you know, missed opportunity at home, uh, especially in front of a pretty good crowd in November. Yeah, I think, and you kind of got to ask yourself, are you more disappointed in Iowa State or are you more excited and impressed by Kansas? I think in a vacuum, it's pretty easy to be like, man, Iowa State didn't bring their A game, didn't bring their B mm -hmm. game, uh, maybe a C game at best for, for, for the Cyclones. But kind of big picture, I'm so impressed with Kansas. We saw last mm -hmm. year Jalen Daniels go down. And then they didn't look like the same team. They kind of fell apart towards the end, suffered some bad losses. You're like, okay, well, they're not they're not there yet. They just have a really talented quarterback. And I kind of expected that to kind of come up this year as far yeah. as, you know, Jalen Daniels is back. So now you think that Kansas is a, you know, real contender there. And then all of a sudden Jalen Daniels goes down before Texas. You get blown out there. And then you, you come back, blow out UCF. And, and Jason Bean, I think, has gotten... You you can see how more how much he is week in week out, which is very impressive. And of course, it's not just the quarterback who's making this this team hum. It's the running game. It's the the receivers who all had really good games, especially against Iowa State, mm -hmm. including uh, Lawrence Ar Arnold, over a hundred receiving yards. He's been outstanding. Um, yeah. And you're yep. kind of seeing the whole team come together where you didn't even get to see that last year after JD mm -hmm. went down. It was, it was kind of a wrap. So I'm. In a big picture sense, I'm very impressed with, with Kansas, and you just got to think, like, man, if they if they just didn't stumble early and if they could have had a little bit more preparation to play Texas and, gosh, if they yeah, had I, a game back. And let's give – you're dead right, Brandon. And I, I always crack up at every fan base. They win a game. Our team just played great football today. Respect to the other team. But, uh, you know, we just played great. We won. And if they lose, well, we just, you know, it's never the other team played well. Yeah. It's always, well, we were just horrible. We mm -hmm. were just horrible. And though, as an ISU guy, yeah, they weren't um, too sharp for three frames. Kansas was. Kansas was prepared coming in. They were able to make some, I mean, Melo Donson's interception midway through the second, that was the pick six. That was a, I thought, huge play of the game. Um, not that Iowa State didn't go through its own stuff. They get a big kick return that should have been down around the one yard line out of bounds. They put it back to 31 still great field position, but couldn't find points. Um, and even though, you know, that's inexcusable on their end that at least they should have found three based on field position. But the thing that pressed me for KU, Iowa state wakes up um, late third, early fourth, they get it to within three Jack Trice is trying to run. I mean, it was loud in there. And, um, Iowa State had a little bit of a breakdown coverage, but kudos to Jason Bean and Lawrence Arnold finding that 80-yard connection to get it back to double or to double-figure lead, and then executing at the end offensively and keeping Iowa State's offense off the field for five minutes after they finally were able to kind of find some success their last three drives. So give KU just a ton of credit. They've been very tough this year on teams. No one knew what they would do for an encore performance. And this solidifies a winning season for them. No matter what, they could lose their last four games. Doesn't matter. That solidifies a winning season. Shoot, first time in over a decade, and I, I might be closer to 15 years. Just I give Kansas a lot of credit. They they earned their win um, Saturday night. But again, for Iowa State fans, this is one they're going to want back. This one, yeah. it's going to sting for a little bit, but they'll get opportunities going forward too. Yeah, absolutely right.
another team in action over the weekend and what was uh kind of run through some of these smaller games here houston and baylor um i didn't get to watch much of this but awful football teams getting after it is uh the, the sickos committee probably had it had it tuned in might not have even been on tv i think it might have been an espn plus game that that was the definition of an ESPN plus game, and it went to overtime, right? I mean, yeah, and it, it came down to the end. I mean, you know, Shapen hits Hawkins Polly last minute, get to 17-17. Baylor scores no T, and you know what? Houston scores, and I'm like, you know what? We're giving it to our guy Donovan Smith. We're going to go for two, and Smith was able to find a way to convert, and a well well deserved victory for the Cougs. Um, a nice road. I mean, for AAC teams that struggled to put away kind of that old school Big 12 teams, you know, an encouraging result uh, from that side um, to see them take out Baylor. And for Baylor, just disappointment absolutely continues. Offense really struggled throughout a lot of the day against a Houston defense that's been much maligned this season. And I don't know what, you know, Coach Aranda does right now. I, I mean, this is a fascinating situation for Baylor. You and I kind of pressed the alarm buttons a few podcasts ago on kind of where's Baylor going. And again, shows the wildness of football that two years ago, this was our Big 12 champion. So the fact that it has changed like this quickly uh, is pretty shocking. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, you're also, I think we had, I don't know if it was this specific game that we talked about with it being, you know, is it 50 times? the lesser experience than going to bedlam for this week, <laughs> you know, take away what would happen in Stillwater out of the equation. That's a pretty good game. And I think most, yeah. most events you, you look at it and be like, it's, it's hard to find something 50 times better than that. Overtime I, I agree. Hey, I'm telling you for young families, that was a perfect Absolutely. game to go to. She, those kids, kids under like 10 don't care. Yeah. They, 10 to like 11. They just don't care. They're just happy to be there. Yeah. You know, like seriously, like I, like what was your first college football game? Do you remember? Could you? So, so there's a couple. There was one when I was real little. It was Colorado USC back before there was a Pac-12 team. It was a big deal. Um, Colorado gets blown out, and then I think we went to like a couple of Colorado Air Force games. Um, The first one I remember going to. Oh boy, you're gonna get a kick out of this. Nebraska Iowa State when there was eight turnovers. Uh, Iowa State won nine to seven. Adama Kongsu kicked in, uh, blocked an extra point, which was, you know, why I was ended up with nine instead of 10. Um, that's for that when I, I remember, or I think there might have even been like a Missouri game a year or two earlier. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the, the order of that goes, but, um, it, but admittedly a little bit different, but I mean, right. that Colorado setting is probably pretty similar to, um, Houston Baylor wise. Right. Well, and that, I mean, that's the thing is like, you know, because for me, I think I was, I was in, I think, fifth or sixth grade, and it was Ole Miss, Arkansas. And Arkansas wasn't great at the time. They were rebuilding, but they had Darren McFadden, like, oh, which yeah. is still wild. And Ole Miss had Patrick Willis, who's an all-time great middle linebacker in the NFL. And watching those two go at it was pretty, like, wild that day. Like, it's, you know, whatever. So, like, I don't know, and I didn't care. I was just like, oh, my gosh, this is incredible to sit in this big stadium watching this product live when you always watch on TV. So, like, for Baylor-Houston, we were talking about entertainment value. That wasn't it. I'm not saying it was as good a football as OU-OSU, 
But hey, entertainment was there. You go to overtime. That usually means something right happened. Uh, yeah. You know, usually that's half entertaining. Yeah, and and I heard Joel Klatt talk about this a couple of weeks ago, where it's like if you want to ingrain your loved ones into into the great sport of college football, it, you, you gotta you gotta be open to to whatever can work for them. So you get there, you, you get some pretzels in you, you get some some large sodas, get a souvenir cup. I, I got a great souvenir cup collection, and then you know the, the, the football doesn't disappoint. Dial into that, do some tailgating beforehand, a full experience, and you know let them pick their favorite part. I, I fully agree. Joel Clack gets it. Uh, and that's the, the thing. That this, finest. It is. And for Houston, this is, I mean, a, a really is a big win for Dana Holgerson. They still have a bull shot. It's out on the outside, but they still have an opportunity to do that. And Donovan Smith is a kid that has really put up some nice numbers these last few weeks, Brandon, at quarterbacks. They've got to be very pleased um, with what they're getting out of him. And, hey, how about Nelson Caesar? He wanted the Caesar salad with two and a half sacks. So uh, give him the Caesar indeed. Uh, he, he was really good on the defensive end. And then the next game we kind of wanted to skim over, and at, uh, also towards the bottom of the Big 12 standings here, but UCF and uh, Cincinnati, Ooh. Arthur, Gustavo, Malzahn got it done again. Also just want to kind of throw this out there. I gave Cincinnati a lot of credit coming into the season just because they've had home success. As it sits right now, uh, they have one win at home this season. That was against Eastern Kentucky. Um, and that does include a home loss against teams like Miami of Ohio. Uh, Iowa State, of course, came in and beat them pretty handily. Then you also lose to Baylor at home, who we just talked about. Might be the most dysfunctional mm-hmm. team in the Big 12. Um, mm-hmm. And then so if they don't beat Kansas here in a couple weeks, it's a, what, a one, for, one for five home records. So whatever cachet they had, for me at least, is is out the window. Yeah, I think, uh, unfortunately, rightfully so. And they gave themselves an opportunity to tie the game. They score in under two minutes to go. Couldn't get that two-point conversion to go through. And, you know, give uh, UCF credit. R.J. Harvey, big day, 164 rushing yards, three touchdowns. He was terrific. Uh, but for Cincinnati, and a season that just nothing has worked, and especially at home. They've had some great success at home, especially in the AAC um, even the old school uh, conferences uh, way back when as well with, with Big East and all that. But this is a disappointing loss for Cincinnati uh, and for UCF. Um, gosh, got to feel good. Got to find wins. Wins are tough to find, and uh, you cherish them. No matter the opponent, a road win's a good win. And then it, It's kind of funny thinking about it. Going into next year, the Big 12 Conference is going to have two – Teams who have qualified for the college football playoff before, um, and neither of them will make a bowl game this year, likely, including TCU, who had another stinker against mm-hmm. Texas Tech. Um, I kind of gave TCU a little bit of credit coming into this game, but still falling flat. Uh, again, I just kind of going by the two, four, and five teams now. Who who gets the credit? Who gets the blame there in Texas Tech? Is it did Texas Tech win that game, or did TCU just not come in buttoned up? Uh, let's give Texas Tech the credit, Brandon. I mean, they had a really productive game offensively. I think, you know, Morton's continuing to develop as a QB. Uh, you know, he's found some good. Uh, Taj Brooks had himself over 100-plus yards rushing. And they were really able to control the game in general through the ground and through the air as well. Their defense, neither team's defense, was outstanding. But 
give Tech credit. They were able to force turnovers. I think took advantage of the uh, the weird of weirdness of Lubbock, and uh, we hear about Lubbock Saturday nights. I guess Lubbock Thursday nights are clearly also pretty weird. And you know, for them, it's a nice win for two teams that I think you and I will agree. But two of the most three disappointing teams in the conference this year, just based on preseason expectations, both had such great seasons last year. Um, Obviously, TCU, their run of the national championship, and Texas Tech had a great, great uh, year last year just based on their rebuild project. So for Tech, give them credit. I think they executed well. For TCU, there have been some losses this year, I think, that make your head scratch, and you kind of go, I don't know what's going on here. Of course, they want to win, but this one I'm not going to rip them too much because that's a it's a tough road environment traditionally, and uh, Tech, I thought, played in general a pretty sharp game. Yeah, I think when we look back on the season and kind of reevaluate coaches that are kind of on thin ice right now, um, Joey McGuire was was pretty much on that was on that list. I think it's fair to say, just with the, the step back this year, when you hope to take a step forward after building that late momentum last year. Um, but you look at what victories can you take away? What what where's your program trending? And when we talk about a guy like Dave Aranda, I, I, they're trending the wrong way. They're they would have loved to have picked up a, a win like this against TCU. And I think you really dial into that because TCU or Texas Tech played very well. They came in buttoned up. They came in with energy. They came in, cleaned up. Uh, Perrin Morton didn't have any interceptions. Taj Boyd was outstanding as always. And then even late, it got a bit dicey. TCU kind of hung in there, kind of started putting some stuff together late, but still uh, able to kind of keep your composure. Uh mm-hmm. You know, TCU brings it within seven late in the fourth quarter, and then you go right back down with a long touchdown drive of your own, start off the fourth quarter with a touchdown as well, kind of separate yourself, and it just, they, they look very composed. And, yeah, they don't have the, the amount of wins that I'm sure that they wanted to and dropped a couple of early games that they'd like to have back. But overall, I think you, you look at a win like that, and you're like, okay, things are trending in the right direction. We just have to continue to give it time. Yeah. No, I fully agree, and I'll – I'll tell you what, maybe what helped make that game weird. Shout out to the uh, Texas Tech possum. Uh, did you oh, see that man, possum? No yeah. Yeah. Really possum. Uh, yeah, that thing was a, that thing was not messing around whatsoever. I think that just helped embrace it. They, they need to make that possum be a uh, official mascot of Texas yeah. Tech and make it part of the Red Raider. Because uh, that thing oh, went to do damage. I, I'm telling you, it brought some good karma into Lubbock. And now just kind of jumping into um, some of the actual really good games as far as there's two of them that caught my eye. Uh, first one, the, the morning game, Kansas State and Texas in Austin. Um, Kansas State really struggled early. Their offensive game plan was not tuned in. They, they weren't executing well. Um, and it really looked like it was pretty close to getting out of hand. Their defense came through in a couple of big stops to, to stop the bleeding in, in a way, keep it somewhat close. Uh, then, you know, they start putting some stuff together in the second half, score 16 points in the fourth quarter, tie it up, and, you know, eventually get an opportunity to win fourth and goal in overtime down three and just don't quite get it done. Um, boy, what a game, though. Well, it was a great game, a game of resiliency on both sides. Uh, you know, Texas, Texas played a phenomenal first half. 
defensively, especially Will Howard looked really out of sorts. They really had a good feel of the ground game throughout the entire day. But that said, uh, you have to hand it uh, to K-State. Got a big special teams play late in that half. And then second half, Will Howard decided to show up, and he had a major, major uh, half of football. He ended with four touchdown passes on the day. Special teams played a major factor um, late. Uh, missed chip shot with under two minutes to go. Looked like that was going to be the difference in the ball game. But the defense got a stop. They kicked the long field goal, make it good. But I think that special teams, we had a missed field goal. They had a missed extra point. I do think that made an impact uh, late in that overtime period, Brandon, where I think that coaching staff's like, we are not losing on a missed kick whatsoever. And I think that's why they decided to go for a fourth down, which I agreed with the call. Um, I think the play calling sequence up to that point, I disagreed with where I think they probably could have ran it another time or two um, on second and third and goal, just to see what you can get. Um, instead of making that a fourth and goal from the four, make it a fourth and goal from the one or two. Um, so I don't know, uh, but for Kansas State, a very difficult loss. They've had so many close losses to Texans these last few years. And um, this one's going to sting, especially because they really had a good opportunity and just uh, couldn't get it done, uh, unfortunately, for the Wildcats. Yeah, tough spot to be in. I do like the, the play call. I mean, you, you go into halftime thinking, man, if you had told CK going into to, to the locker room there, you're going to have fourth and goal with an opportunity to win the football game here in yeah. about 45 minutes to an hour or so. You'd, you'd be jumping for joy. And so yeah. you get that opportunity. You're in that setting. I do agree. I Especially knowing that that's what you want to do and that you, you want to end this game as soon as possible if you get the opportunity to. I, yeah, I, I would have liked to have seen them get a little bit closer knowing that you do have that extra, extra mm -hmm. down in hand. So I think... That, that's tough. It obviously didn't look like a good play, that a fourth down call. Probably a better play call and better execution by Texas than, than anything, but it, it is heartbreaking because it's it's that kind of game where I'd imagine as a K-State fan, you kind of ride off early. You know, you're excited coming into it. It's the last game against Texas. You know, it gives you the uh, inside edge to, to, to the Big 12 championship game, mm. and then you just come out looking so bad. Not, and then you feel bad. You're like, oh, well, I'm going to ride it off. We're going to get blown out by Texas. We're just not there yet. You know, we got some some work to do in the offseason. And then you come back, and now it's an overtime. And now you're just one play away from winning the freaking game, Drew Russell, in Austin. Are you kidding me? And then uh, it's just <sighs> taken right out of you again. Yeah. Heartbreaking. It was heartbreaking. And the defense, I thought, did its job. Especially in the second half, they forced three turnovers. Texas was sloppy. They had 10 penalties. Neither team could convert a third down to save their life. Um, it was a good football game. I mean, it really was. It lived up to the billing. But it came down to literally one play, and Texas was able to create a pass rush, good coverage in the end zone. And Texas lives to see another day. And again, for this Texas program, again, this podcast has made its feelings known about how we feel about them in the college football playoff. But that win over Alabama is going to keep on giving as long as Alabama keeps winning. And yep. if they run the table, Brandon, I do think they're going to find a way still to sneak in at a 12-1 and record. And that's four games they'd have to win 
Um, whether they can or not, that remains to be seen, but they keep that hope alive as the last team in this conference. So a uh, big win for them and for Kansas State. Boy, this is a season you just feel like in 5, 10, 20 years, you look back as a fan, you're reminiscing about old times, you're thinking, man, a couple plays and this team is right there in the thick of that conversation. They've had it. They're a good team. They just couldn't get it done. Yeah, absolutely right. And it, it is kind of interesting to, to look at the landscape here for the college football playoff because let's assume that Georgia continues its dominance. Right? I guess let's just get to the chase. If there's a Georgia in, in the playoff, there's the undefeated Big Ten champion, whether that be Michigan or, or Ohio State, mm-hmm. then you have an undefeated Pac-12 champion. How undefeated Pac-12 champion in Washington – so now you're picking a spot between a one-loss Ohio State or Michigan with their one loss being to the other, uh, which is probably the best loss in the in in the mix. And then you also have Oregon, whose one loss is to um, Oregon, who just won the Pac-12 championship. Yeah, right. So they're in. And then you have Texas, whose loss is to Oklahoma, who that hasn't aged very well. But you also have the win against Alabama. I I have a hard time keeping them out, and that's tough. Yeah, it'd be tough. And I think there's definitely an opportunity. They'll get these next three games they've got on the schedule are all good games. Um, definitely helps with their profile. And if they make the Big Twelve Championship, that's gonna be another good game on their record as well. So uh, it'll be interesting to see. They just. You know, they passed the eyeball test the first month. Yep. And they just, in my opinion, have not the last few weeks. Now, that used to not matter. The computers would crunch its numbers in the BCS and churn out whatever. Eyeball test does matter now. We'll see kind of how that committee, but this one been unique about this college football season is there is just not a, I don't know, Brendan, there's not a team you look at and you're like, this is an all-time great football team. Yep. I feel like we've had in years past when Georgia played last year. Granted, Ohio State almost took them out in the national semifinal. I watching that game like these are two really good teams yeah. and potentially great. And Georgia survived and then beat TCU handedly in that championship game. A lot of those Bama teams, tough. LSU, the year they had Joe Burrow, you're like, this is just a ridiculously yeah. good football team. I don't get the feeling with like any of the teams in college football this year. Uh, there's some really solid teams. Somebody's going to be a national champion and there'll be a good, a really good team, maybe a great team, but I don't know if it'll be viewed as a year where it's like, this is an all time great college football team when all is said and done. You're absolutely right. And I think what makes this even a little bit more intriguing as, um, as a hateful eight agenda pusher is the other team now on the inside track to play Texas in the Big 12 championship as Oklahoma State. And I'm just yeah. thinking, holy smokes, how fun would it be to have Oklahoma State and Texas where it's like everything row Big 12. I, I, there's very, this is a very divisive conference, and a lot of these fan bases hate each other. But, boy, the, the amount of unison you would see just in favor of Oklahoma State taking down the Empire in Texas. I mean that that'll keep you up at night. It will. It it's a good it's been a good series for a lot yeah. of years. So I 
you know, personally, I'm not against that game. I think that'd be a fun Big 12 championship game. But as you and I both know, Brandon, there's a lot of ways to go. And, you know, even for a team like Kansas State, still a lot of it to play for this season. They've got, you know, Baylor this upcoming week and then at Kansas and then home versus Iowa State. This could still be a nine-win season for them. For sure. And they... You know, if they finish strong, they're going to be putting themselves uh, in a good position. But Sunflower Showdown is going to have some fun juice this year. That's going to be a great football game. No kidding. Both fan bases think they're the better team. And, you know, only one way to find out. That's right. That's right. Make sure you get your Sunflower seeds beforehand, Brandon. <laughs> All right. Just got to spit them out. Absolutely. And so that last game, the final bedlam i mean how romantic is that you have this series that's dominated by oklahoma by the way dominated more than like any other rivalry in the world it's i it's something like 85 percent oklahoma and even oh, yeah. over the last 20 years so dominated by oklahoma oklahoma's got all the national accolades they got all the all americans they got all the heisman trophy winners they got all the national champ, they got all these big 12 championships they got all these big eight championships all this and that and then you finally come to the to the end where Oklahoma snuffs their nose up at the Big 12, thinks they can do better in the SEC, and leave poor old Oklahoma State behind in the dust, and you get this final matchup. Oklahoma still got a shot at the college football playoff, mind you. The, they, a win against Texas mm-hmm. in the Big 12 championship basically solidifies their spot despite the loss to Kansas, mm-hmm. and then Oklahoma, the, that run ends at the hands of the Cowboys from Stillwater. Yeah. Romantic. O- Oklahoma Leads the series 91 to, to 20 with seven ties. That's which sound to the seven ties shows how wild of college football was. <laughs> like in the early of 20th century, there was so many ties. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I'm happy we don't have ties. I want to make that clear. <laughs> but sure. but that said, uh, you know, for Oklahoma State, what a win. This one, um, not to quote the great uh, Vince McMahon, but you know, that trending Twitter clip right now or X, sorry, you know, of him just shaking his head and speechless. That's how Oklahoma state fans feel right now. Yeah. When they'll talk about this game in five, 10, 15, 20 years, um, they played Taylor Swift after the game of we're never, ever getting back together, which that oh, tells so that, that tells me where that rivalry is. Um, and probably that's not going to be played for quite a while uh, for many years, more than likely, but um what a win. What a win for Oklahoma State. If you told me that this would be the results five, six weeks ago, no chance on earth, I believe you. But that's the beauty of college football. You've got to go out and you've got to go play the games. And um, Bowman was really good at QB, managed it well over 300 yards passing. Ollie Gordon, that kid better be in New York. I don't care. He's been balling out. Yeah. Um, he deserves at least some Heisman love, especially if they can find a way in the Big 12 championship game and win it. That kid's played great the last yeah. month plus. So uh, I'll start that petition if needed, but um, defense made just enough plays at the end. And um, again, special, special effort for Oklahoma state that uh, rattled off five straight against some pretty good competition along the way. Absolutely. Right. So, I mean, what just a, a magical weekend in the big 12 and, you know, I, <laughs> kind of funny i expected us to get a whole lot more clarity on how the big 12 race was going to shape up i feel like i don't i mean yeah we, we do have this situation where now there's instead of five teams at the top there's two which is the one loss yeah but there's a half a dozen teams waiting and and the wings for, for one of those two teams to slip 
they they are just they're like sharks in the water and they're looking around that capsized boat and they're just waiting they're out for blood brandon they are out for blood right now it's a, it's great i mean this what's all about november football you know college football is a fascinating deal brandon this football in general this is my favorite time of year for football because august september we're just happy it's back so whatever's yeah. thrown on that tv we're going to consume it like crazy that's guaranteed october you get your standings kind of put more in you get some good rivalry games you know it's fall you get the you know get the chili rolling at night you're feeling good games have a little more importance and then november this is kind of where those legendary performances and numbers are put together all leading up to my favorite college football week of the year which is thanksgiving week i just i everybody some people prefer championship week i i think that thanksgiving weekend's just top notch i always thoroughly enjoy that so we're getting to that point I, and teams are playing their usually their best football of the year right now or hope to be at least yeah. and, and we're seeing that for for many programs well i mean it kind of feels cliche to say but my my favorite week of the football season is this week and as we kind of dive into uh, another great week here of oh. college football action we take a look at the, the pick um from last oh. week not a particularly strong week from uh from either of us to be honest we both kind of dropped the ball Let's i think this is the it. first losing record Wait. That we've had in a pick'em. Wait a minute. I've had a couple of. Clubs. Wait a minute. What about? I got West Virginia, right? Are you sure? Uh, Wait. Go back. Wait a minute. Where are West we Virginia. at? Yeah, you got West Virginia, right? Yeah. Where are we at? Oh, that's week nine. Wait, that's right. That's uh, oh shoot. Ten. Okay, you're up. Oh yeah, yeah, I got West Virginia and you see. Whoa, Brandon. Okay. Whoa. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I'm sorry. <laughs> so uh, it's all West Virginia now. Okay. Boy, I can't believe I missed that. Okay, so now does this look right? So, oh my gosh, what a week you had! Oh man, yeah, I was. I I'm very pleased. Wow. Yeah. So Texas Tech won, Oklahoma State won, Kansas State lost. Bummer. Um, I'm really angry about Kansas. My Kansas pick though, because my my record yeah. was going so well, Brandon. I was like, I got pick against Iowa State. I don't like it, but I had to do it. And now, uh, so man, I built myself a lead. No kidding. It's uh, it's pretty much a wrap, I'd say. Yeah. You never know. I might be up. I feel like I'm up like two touchdowns in the fourth or like <laughs> up 17. But, but it's not over. You still, I mean, we still got three weeks. Three weeks? I mean, you're up, what, 10? I mean, that's that's a that's a crazy climb. You'd have to really try to tank it to, to, to bring this up. And I, I may, never know. Hope you keep your foot on the gas pedal. Yeah, I mean, maybe. 54 and 22, two to one winning ratio. That's pretty impressive. I know more than more I, than that, man. I need I need to join uh, I need to join the betting show here in the corner <laughs> Oscar connection. Right. I might need to uh, just straight pick them. I you know obviously if I'm betting lines, that's that's where it goes out the window. Brandon, we we pick nothing but losers. But <laughs> uh, but when it comes straight pick them, I guess I've got it at least this season. I'll tell you what, I have my fair share of of losers on that on that show as well. I I've really made my bed in the. Every SEC team making one plus field goals a week or one one plus field goals sounds so easy. Just kick a field goal, but the SEC doesn't play any defense, so it's all touchdowns. There, there was a point on Saturday morning where there was between the three, four. So there's two SEC versus SEC games. So that's four teams, and then another two. There were six SEC teams playing in the morning slate, and there were twelve touchdowns and zero field goals. <laughs> SEC, uh, like, it just means more offense. Just means more. Oh, and uh, Texas A&M had an opportunity to 
advance. Uh, eventually, they started getting field goals, and Texas A&M was the final leg, and then they missed the miss it as time expires against Ole Miss, which is that makes you want to throw up. It is disgusting. It's not that's not great, Bob. Uh, there's no other way to put it. But you know what? You got to keep. You have three more weeks. I believe. And, and yeah, and last week the odds were plus sixty five hundred. So if I, I mean, these are just my hundred dollar bets. If one of those hits, I mean, I I'll tell you what, Drew Russell. If one of those hits, not only do I, because I'm about thirty one hundred dollars in the hole right now. It has not been a good season for for Brandon Shanahan. If I oh. get one of those, I go from a disgusting year to first place and with you know losing record which is exactly where i need to be just gotta hit once yeah. just once except for all the losers just once that's uh such a winning mentality just once <laughs> I'm, i gotta keep going uh absolutely now too espn i saw that has a new betting app do they espn bet just saw that oh uh, so there you go they're you know, they're joining the betting game so we'll oh. see how that goes but but yes no our records uh in general uh you know i got a bit of a lead but there's still three weeks Brad. okay so there's still plenty of time to to make adjustments and uh you know this week's full of winners again you just got to find them all right this is the show just chipping away just chipping away one game at a time here yeah. And as we kind of get into it here, Iowa State and BYU, I feel pretty good about this. Well, I don't feel this. Oh, this is also the 930 kickoff game, isn't it? This is the, it's the Big 12 after dark. And I can't wait. I, 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 I can only do it once a year for Iowa State football. But I, I kind of <laughs> like the late, late night game like once a year. And this is like the perfect game. And, and yeah. I might get used to it. I mean, with the new additions too. But this yeah. is an interesting game. Uh, BYU, we did that was the one game we really didn't discuss. But they got absolutely waxed by West Virginia, uh, big time last week. So they're going to be out for a little bit of blood at home. I was a bit of a favorite. I'm taking my Cyclones. My streak's dead. I was <laughs> I was going to keep picking against them, but but you know what? After last week, I'll say they find full eligibility uh, this week. They execute well and then find the win. You know, I I am kind of in a in a do or die situation. I'll take BYU. I don't feel great about it. Um, if I'm gonna sell you on the Cougars, I'm gonna sell you on the fact that Iowa State didn't play great last week. It's a very young team. I feel like it's easy for that kind of performance to spiral into a a, a weird game, you know, on the road. Provo's a rowdy environment, and you're playing at nine o'clock your time your body time mm-hmm. yep i mean that's a that's a tough game to, to to get up for and we've seen byu snatch you know wins from teams like texas tech this way mm-hmm. we've seen them play some real good ball at home especially at night that that it, it feels like a you know a, a snowball kind of performance for iowa state i'll say this from this game is major for both these programs brandon because both teams are five and four yeah. winner will make a bowl game and both teams have not great schedules to end the season. Iowa State is at home versus Texas and then on the road at K-State. And for BYU, they're at home versus Oklahoma, then on the road versus Oklahoma State. So wow. whoever loses this game is in minor jeopardy of not making a bowl game. So this is a really big game. Uh, if you want to hype this game up a little bit, that, that would be a reason. Um, 
for people who care about bowl eligibility and all that. And for both these teams, I think it is important for BYU in their first season, the Big 12, and for Iowa State, as you mentioned, Brendan, as young as they are. So this is a very interesting game and, and one that Provo will have a great crowd. They always do. So it should be – there are some decent um, – because both teams will be underdogs in all those games the rest of the way. So big game in terms of that. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. And especially two teams going into last week, five and three, you think, oh, well, bowl, bowl game is inevitable. Uh, not so fast. And this is absolutely the their best chance to to get there either way. Uh, yeah. Boy, I mean, that kind of makes me feel a little bit better about Iowa State. But, you know, I see that season total below. We, we've got to make some magic happen if we're going to pull that off. So we got to sometimes we got to go a little bit unorthodox here, Drew Russell. Up next, we got uh, Baylor, Kansas State. This one feels pretty easy to me. Kansas State, top three Big 12 team. Baylor, top three worst teams. Uh, give, give me the cats uh, by a million. Yeah, we're we're not. I'm not going to give you a long-winded uh, reason why Kansas State's going to win this football game. Uh, I'm just going to say uh, business and transactions will be uh, performed offensively and defensively for K-State. And uh, if I know anything, it's so important to win at business. Kansas State will win at business this week. Real, uh, yeah, real, real adult man-like uh, performance mm-hmm. incoming yep. for. For the cats there so yeah it's like working a nine to five nine to five yeah. simple as that easy breezy just taking cars to places you know you don't have to get too hard just taking oh, cars man. to places so we got <laughs> oklahoma and west virginia up next um if i'm gonna sell you on west virginia it's gonna be because oklahoma like i kind of mentioned by iowa state they might actually just be bad and they might be spiraling i don't think so i think they're they're good enough to, to beat West Virginia. West Virginia yeah, might be a little bit more desperate. Neil Brown maybe coaching for his job up there, but who knows? Well, Neil Neil Brown, I'm telling you, he's good, Brandon, in my opinion. If I'm gonna, I mean, they're six and three. They they're uh, yeah, that's to me, true. they're good. I I mean, they're if they got rid of them, I think a lot of coaches nationally would be like, I don't want to go there. That's a, yeah. I mean, that's that's a good season. Um, so I think he's kind of saved his job. He's they've put in admirable effort, and they seem to be playing more inspired football. But I'm going to Oklahoma as well. I, um, I I do think OU two straight losses, which is crazy, but I think an opportunity uh, in a night game at Norman to kind of uh, short yeah. things up. Up next, we got Texas Tech in Kansas. Kansas coming off a big win in Ames. This could be a letdown spot. Uh, it's a pretty fair win in Texas Tech, as we saw last week. Not only getting the, the extra few days rest, but looking pretty dialed in and pretty buttoned up in, in that performance. Where are you leaning here? Well, I'll tell you what, talent-wise, I feel Texas Tech is right there with Kansas. Uh, I really do. Uh, and I think for Coach McGuire and his staff is can they find a way to execute for 60 consecutive minutes uh, on the road at what is now a tough place to play in Lawrence? Uh, they've got the QB play. I think they've got the talent. I just don't know if they can find enough stops on that defensive end to slow down Kansas. Um, Kansas is giving me no reason not to take them right now. They're playing really good football, Brandon. They're off their upset uh, win over OU a couple weeks ago. I really thought they were going to have a letdown last week in Ames. Boy, was I wrong. They find a way to get it done. They've shown no signs of stopping for me right now, so I got to take the home team. Yeah, you know, I uh, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head at that last part. I think they are 
due for, for a letdown game. I thought it was going to be last week in Ames. So I, I feel even more confident this is going to be that week. So give me the, the, the Red Raiders on the road. Yeah. I'm sure a couple of days to prepare. They all got to, to watch the Kansas sure. game live. So I yeah, give me the, the Red Raiders uh, on the road. And Not a bad one. pick. I mean, again, a top 25 team preseason. Yeah. Um, they've struggled on the road a bit this year. But I'll tell you what, there's no better time than the present. Absolutely right. And you're looking at teams who are really scratching and clawing to get to bowl eligibility. That would be a big deal for Texas Tech. And this is one that you got to have. Got to have. Have to. No, no question about it. And for Kansas, they keep going up the ship with, with bowl eligibility now fully and fully there. And they're trying to move up a bowl game slash. They're still in contention, Brandon, for an outside shot, that Big 12 title game. So they're playing for a lot, too. You're not kidding. Head to head win over Oklahoma. Head to head um, win over Iowa State. So I mean, yeah, they're they're cruising. Yeah, the team in the driver's seat for that Big Twelve championship game, Oklahoma yeah. State and Central Florida. This one worries me a Ooh. bit for Oklahoma State. That this feels like the the game that they would drop on their schedule. They got to go across the country to Disneyland. Coming off of, I mean, like we talked about earlier, just such a romantic historical feeling win against Oklahoma. Uh, with that said, I can't bet against them with what I've seen from UCF. I think going into the season, maybe I know, I, yeah. not knowing how this plays out, but knowing what I know now, I, I think Oklahoma state's playing too good of football. Yeah. It's look, you and I have sung the praises of Mr. Gustavo <laughs> uh, Malzahn so much. And I love that that's been a tradition unlike any other. No, we're not the Masters. Uh, it's Gustavo. It is an interesting game because UCF did pick up their first ever Big 12 win last week. Granted, against another cellar dweller in Cincinnati. <laughs> and, yeah, I, I'm sorry, Brandon. As much as I want to make our season race half interesting, this is not the <laughs> game I'm going to do I'm going to do it on. Um, I, is, uh, I think Oklahoma State also will find a way to get it done. Um, on the road. Yeah. And I don't blame you whatsoever there. Um, and up next, we got, speaking of uh, the bottom dwellers of the conference, we got uh, cream of the crop in Cincinnati at the moment. Hit Houston, who's, you know, picked up a couple of uh, big wins here throughout the season. One against West Virginia, one against Baylor last week. Um, boy, you know, I like Houston here, but there's also part of me that's like, this is going to be Cincinnati's last chance to last realistic chance to win a conference game. Are they really going to go two and 10 this season and not win a single conference game? That doesn't feel very likely to me. That's a good point. I, they haven't, I mean, they did almost get the win last week. So we do want to defend that. Yeah. Boy, they have had a lot of uninspiring football this season too. And they do, but you mentioned it, Brandon, they do have, they, we're able to go on the road and they found a way to get it done uh, against Pittsburgh earlier yeah. this year. That was a long time ago, but they did find a way to get that done. And they were 2-0 and at the time. You and I said, hey, Cincinnati might be able to make a little inroads in the Big 12. And that hasn't been the case. Um, Houston's got a nice win. I know it was on the road. And I know Baylor's had their tough times, but I didn't know if this team was going to win a conference game just three, four weeks ago. So give me the fighting Dana Holgersons, and uh, I'm going to take uh, Houston at home. 
Yeah, uh, it's kind of out of desperation. I'll, I'll stick with Cincinnati there. Um, I don't feel great about either of these teams, but yeah, if I'm if I'm gonna I'm gonna talk myself into it, it's like what are the odds? What are the odds of Cincinnati can't find a way to win a single game? And traditionally, they, they they've had Houston's number, so maybe they, they keep that rolling this year. Obviously, a different team, but nonetheless. Um, and then a good old Lone Star matchup here in Fort Worth. Man. Boy, at the beginning of the season, you really have this game scheduled on, on, on your calendar, the defending national runner-ups, and then, you know, a top 10, top 5 team in uh, Texas preseason. Now, as I said, on a national championship, you know, appearance in the CFP, if they win out, TCU would love nothing more to spoil that. And it's kind of all they're playing for at this point. Even a, a pass the bowl game gets – it's pretty narrow, uh, you know, with a presumed mm-hmm. loss here. Um, but uh, it's it's just tough to, to, to bet against Texas and how it, it's a, they, it's they a, found ways to win. Yeah. It's a night game, Brandon. I mean, that could be, you know, maybe that means something. You never know. Yeah. I mean, they'll be they'll get the ABC treatment. Look, I, I'm with you. I I really want to pull the trigger on this upset because TCU has competed so well with Texas these last few seasons. But I'm just not inspired enough right now by them. So I feel like I've played it pretty safe this week. I'm, I didn't last week, and I got rewarded very uh, well for not playing it safe last week. If I play it safe this week, I'm sure I'll go like two and four now, but or two and five, but I'm going to go Texas yeah. as well. Got to pick your spots here, Drew Russell. I think we got a good slate. Good, good variety. It's a great slate. Yeah. It's a good old slate this week. It's a classic Big 12 uh, week here. I mean, there are potential really wild. I mean, UCF, I don't think it's crazy that they're in that game fourth quarter against OP State, not even remotely. And I agree. Even TCU, I know they've underperformed this year, but that is still a team that has a lot of players off last year's team. And Again, you see that uniform Texas, any fan base is going to be inspired to compete well uh, and play and program as well. So they'll be ready to go. And, hey, keep an eye on Cincinnati-Houston. We were talking about ticket prices, Brandon. Hey, three bucks. Three, three bucks. bucks. Telling you. That's the a good family, family spot. It's supposed to be 70 in Houston. That's, that's beautiful. It's fantastic. I mean, seventy bucks. Go get some fresh air for three bucks. I think they're nope. worth. I, I mean, that's you, you can go to a local fast food chain these days. You're playing paying three, four times that for a couple. You can't even get a McDouble for three bucks these days. Oh, it's a brutal world out there, Brandon. Yeah. We can't I, do that. I used to have such a go, good go-to order. I'd get a, two McDoubles, add Max sauce, and a large drink. Get out of there for under six bucks. Those days are over. I to this day, I still cry. In high school, my order of a McDouble, McChicken, medium fry, and I always had change on hand, three twenty-one. It was all a dollar, and it was wow. phenomenal. And now I'm happy if I can get a freaking high C large drink for a dollar. No kidding. Yeah, Boy, what, a, what a what a world. What a world. Yeah, got to have the app. Got to sign up for their terms and conditions. Got to give me a firstborn baby. As part of that's things. that's how it is, but it, but there will be some interesting matchups, and the most interesting, you know, looking at Vegas lines, Brandon. Not that you're a, a betting man, even if we <laughs> already established that earlier this program. But Kansas is only a four point favorite over Tech. Oklahoma State, 
Oklahoma State's only a two and a half favorite over UCF. Wow. Which I find very interesting. In fact, Iowa uh, State over BYU is a seven-point favorite, which really surprises me. What so time? Like, yeah. At what time is it UCF game? That is a two thirty kick okay. on ESPN. I was thinking it's it's tricky if you got to play that at eleven a.m. But I guess two thirty probably isn't that bad. But you're still going across the country. Yeah. I, I it's an interesting line to me. The only line that I'm really not stumped by is Kansas State. They're twenty and a half favorite over Miller. <laughs> Holy smokes. So yeah, that's checks the only out. one that has done me. But outside of that, I mean there's some close there's some close ones. So it'll be good to see Big Twelve we'll have two primetime uh three primetime games nationally with uh, West Virginia, Oklahoma, Texas TCU, and then Iowa State BYU. Interesting. So Fox, ABC, and ESPN. So be an interesting week, Brandon. I'll tell you. Three weeks left, and they only get better. Only gets better, only gets bigger here, and uh, it should be a great week. I'm excited for it. Uh, hopefully, we'll have some clarity at the end of it, as opposed to the, you know, what we had last week. But great stuff going on. We got some Big Twelve basketball hoops to mm-hmm. talk about next week. We'll do a full preview, as well as recap in this outstanding week of, of college football. And you know, we'll get to talk about playoff scenarios, Big Twelve championship scenarios. You know, next week I'm going to make sure to come in dialed in with Big 12 tiebreaker scenarios because I, mm-hmm. you might need it. You might yep. need it if Arthur Gustavo Malzone has anything to say about it. Yeah, find find some good background music when you announce it. Make it dramatic. Make sure you really <laughs> go all out. If you got to wear a uh, costume, do it. Um, Absolutely. You know, I'm sure you can find, I don't know, what you got there. Maybe an Easter Bunny costume or something yeah. like that. I don't know what y'all got there, but <laughs> you'll figure it out. Oh, perfect, Drew. So that's all I had. Anything else you want to add on before we wrap up? Tough to be November football just across the board. Uh, high school, a lot of playoffs happening right now for so many states. Uh, college stakes only get higher. And I think the 12-team playoff will be a welcome addition for a lot of people. But I will also say this, Brandon, I'm hopeful. I'm a little worried it might water down the regular season. Just a hint a little bit in the future. That's a whole nother deal in the future, in the future. Good. But, yeah. uh, but uh, I've got to say, I've really enjoyed this last year, this 14 playoff. It's been pretty, it's been a fun college football season. And uh, the fact that we made it this entire podcast without talking about our beloved Jim Harbaugh and how he follows rules is, is <laughs> a tragedy, but I'm sure we'll get to it in the future. Absolutely. Well said. I'll do it for us. Make sure to like, subscribe. If you made it this far, you obviously like us enough. Just hit the like button. Leave a comment. Tell us how great we are. Do something. Let us know that you're there. That'll do it for us. Great week next week coming up, too. I mean, it's just it's full steam ahead here. So we'll yeah. wrap it up there, leave it at that, and we'll get back after it. All right, folks. Have a neat one.